0: As we remind ourselves and it say, know before whom it is that you stand, that it is before whom that we come, and it is from him that we receive this wonderful gift or privilege of atonement. What I wanted to share with you very brief- briefly tonight um, is what I hope will be some powerful thoughts, and because of that I've entitled it TNT, but to make it even more powerful, T and T and T. Or if those of you who are more interested in the, in the majesty of mathematics, it's T cubed. It's more of the concept of what's involved in this internal inventory that we should be carrying out on this particular evening and as we have done so through the course of these last number of days. It has to do with repentance. And repentance has to do with not only repenting, but responding, returning, resetting, and repair. All that's involved in this particular process. Now, let me break that down just a little bit. The uh, famous religious poem it's called the Piyut, Untana which we do from time to time during a morning Yom Kippur service. Uh, it discusses the fact that between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, Yamin Noraim, the days of all, there's an opportunity, as the text says, to avert the secret, pardon me, the severe decree. And we do so through three important actions listed. There is repentance, prayer, and charity, or chuvah, tefillah, and tzedakah, hence your and tea, and tea, at least in Hebrew. Now, the requirements for repentance include, as we are told, a change of mind, change of mind that's accompanied by a feeling of regret, as well as a determination to change and an effort to repair the effects of our misdeeds. So, as I suggested, to repent involves responding to God, returning to God, resetting our lives, and repairing that which we have damaged. Now, on Shabbat Shuva, some of the haftarah portions set the stage for this, and Dr. Patrice talked about one of the after portions. I want to very briefly summarize those three because they enforce or reinforce what we need to remember at this particular t- point in time. Um, Hosea calls on a sinning people to return to God. Remember, he's speaking to the northern kingdom, which was especially and always sinful in those days. Anyhow, he, ca- he calls on a sinning people to return to God. And he promises then that God will respond lovingly and will no longer be angry with Israel. Remember this particular part of the divided kingdom, was, which was expressly and even more overtly rebellious. And in this passage Hosea, or in this text, Hosea describes God, chapter 14, as a dew that will nourish, and then describes Israel as a result being a blossoming lily, a strong tree in Lebanon, and an olive tree that continues to blossom. And then God compares himself And I love this. He describes himself as in great evergreen, providing shelter for us. But that's part of a different holiday, so I'll pass on from that. In the closing words of the Haftarah, we read, The paths of the Lord are smooth, the righteousness can walk pleasantly in them. The selection from Micah is a text that's recited recited at Pashleek, now, as you're well aware, this particular ceremony in which we figuratively cast our sins into a body of water is traditionally done on Rosh Hashanah, but tradition tells us it can actually be performed anytime during the fall holiday season, in fact right up until Rosh Rabbah, which is the seventh day of Sukkot. So you've got time to reenact this several times yet. And you'll remember that the Micah text, text describes God as forgiving iniquity and remitting transgression, using language that's similar to some of our common refrains during the Yom Kippur liturgy. But let me remind you of that whole text since we didn't technically get to do this together as part of Tashlik. Micah chapter seven says, Who is a God like you? You forgive iniquities, you pass over transgressions in your people. You do not retain your anger forever. You delight in kindness. You will again show us mercy and subdue our iniquities. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. You will show kindness to Jacob and mercy to Abraham, as you promised to our ancestors from of old." Delightful, encouraging words. The text from Joel, and the text from Joel is what the Ashkenazi Jewish world has added to the end of the Haftarah, also highlights some of these same seasonal themes. It opens with a reference, chapter 2, verse 15, it opens with a reference to the shofar and a fast. Yom Kippur, of course. It says, blow a horn and shofar in Zion. Solemnize a fast. Proclaim an assembly, by the way. That could also fit Sukkot. So Joel describes an entire congregation, both of old and young, of men and women, coming together to purify themselves and to draw closer to God. The task, that is part of our task on Yom Kippur. The scene that Joel describes has some very positive results. Seeing the people's sincerity, Joel tells us that God takes action. And he makes it known that once again he lives among his people, or as the Old English says, in the midst of his people, just like he did for us in the wilderness. Reading these words on the Shabbat before Yom Kippur offers us an encouraging and hopeful message human beings, as we do in Yom Kippur, can in fact return to God wholeheartedly, and the results, as it says here, can be magnificent. Now, while repentance, or shuvah, the first teeth, is, is the primary act that is emphasized during the yamim, Nuranim, the days of all, charity, tzedakah, and prayer, tefillah, are no less important. Tzedakah, often misunderstood, has a It's a word with a many-layered meaning. Uh, Frequently, we remind ourselves that it has to do with charity or acts of kindness, but they're also acts of righteousness, we're told, because the two are intertwined in the way in which God looks at things. Tzedakah requires that we look outside ourselves and see the needs of others and look to see the needs of others, to see what we can do to help them to help those who need us financially and otherwise. And in fact, in many synagogues, charity plates or tzedakah boxes are put on at the door before Yom Kippur so that people can make donations at that time if they have not yet done so. It's important to point out that the emphasis placed on tzedakah during this crucial time in the Jewish year merely serves to impress on us the need to be involved in this throughout as a normal part of our lives throughout the rest of the year. Now in this particular year, uh, Patrice found this and shared this with me. It was part of the memorial to Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Supreme Court Justice, who passed away on Rosh Hashanah. And uh, I like this for a couple reasons. One, this particular person who produced this memorial did some research into what's involved in tzedakah, because those who die on Rosh Hashanah are called Sadiq Kept. and what's involved in that. And uh, I love it for another reason. But I'll tell you that reason in a minute. So let me quote from this memorial. It was heavily researched. The author says, When we speak of tzedakah, the word is often translated as charity. But it's much more accurate to say righteousness or compassionate righteousness. Tzedakah can take many forms, including monetary donation. But it's important to note that Khan is not only a benevolent contribution given to be kind or nice to those who need it, it's to be viewed as a balancing of the scales, an active working towards justice. To use a simple example, one should donate to the local food bank, not just to be nice to those with less than ourselves, but because it is unjust for anyone to be without food, especially while others have plenty. Correcting injustice, balancing the scales, evaluating the distribution of power, and creating equity as tzedakah, the work of righteousness, end quote. Very well said, and that's the way in which it is repeatedly described and elaborated for us as we go through the various Torah portions of the year. Uh, I did say there was another reason I love this. This Jewish person who put together this this, uh, memorial, I love the name, it's Molly Conway. I'll leave you meditate on that for a while. Now, tefillah, prayer, is that other vital action that's a further method of internal inventory. It's introspection. An introspection that is supposed to move us towards change of character, and so we pray for that. And so the daily prayers at this time of year, as well as the prayers in Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, which we have gone through and which we will do so just a little more when I'm done here, they intensify these special services in a special way. Because through prayer, through tefillah, we recommit ourselves to God and to follow His guidelines. His guidelines. Which include, as we read just recently, not too many weeks ago, and which, by the way, was on a sign in Justice Ruth Bind- uh, Bader Ginsburg's office. It simply said, "Sedek, Sedeq, Tirdolf, and that's the command found in about the fifth or sixth line of one of the opening parasha, parashiyot in the book of Deuteronomy. What does it mean? Righteousness. Righteousness. Pursue it. Exclamation point. And that's part of what we are here for. If we understand that at the core of Yom Kippur and Yamin Noraim, the days of all, is in fact this concept of T and T and T. A cup, Tefila Shufa. So we join in that. And uh, now join me as we